Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everybody. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's show is going to be all about being self-aware. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me today, as always, is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric, and everyone listening. So, Jeff, we've heard it before. It's important to be self-aware, and I think we both would agree that is. But sometimes, like a lot of things, right, we don't really know the detail around what does that mean to be self-aware. Can you kind of unwrap that for a minute? First, in today's world, I think it's uh, very easy to get lost of who you are, what your identity is, the things that are important to you, the things that make you who you are, just mm-hmm. with with the way we're being bombarded with social media and all the the stuff that's happening in the political realm, we're, we're being told what we're supposed to be, yeah, you know, who we're supposed to be, instead of actually being who we really are, and that's part of self awareness is being able to connect that to who you are. There's a, a lot of aspects that go into it, but it's, it's not really that complicated. So, Jeff, you make a great point about all the things coming at us. So is this a case where someone needs to find some time to kind of do some self-exploration? Is that kind of where you're going? Or that's, that's very much part of it. The self-exploration will allow you a starting point, just like some other things that we've talked about. You really can't move any way any direction that you want, in any fashion you want until you know where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's part of self-awareness is just understanding what's happening around you. So here's an example, you know, and I think we've all been there, right, where someone says, John bursted out in the meeting and said something that was really inappropriate, and he just he has no self-awareness. 
and we think of it in terms of, okay, I know when to say something and when not to, or I know when to, you know, when to speak, when not to speak. Is, is, is that kind of where you're going? That's a part of it. That's a very visible part of it. You know, mm-hmm. the example of, of busting out in a meeting when it would have been to everybody's benefit if you just would have shut up and not said anything. <laughs> right. That's a big part of it. But it actually goes before that. The self-awareness kicks in before that when you start realizing people are saying this in the meeting. This is happening in this meeting, and I'm not happy with it. Mm-hmm. If you're self-aware enough to catch that when it first happens – you more than likely will not build to that point of busting out in the meeting and causing an issue. And we'll talk about that in some, some other things in a little bit, but okay. it's a starting point. So I know with some of the work that we're doing with spiritual emotional intelligence, also known as SEQ, one of the key areas uh, or domains, I think as we call it, is awareness. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that and and recognizing for our audience you know when we talk about spiritual Jeff right we're not talking about a religion or or going to a synagogue or a church or mosque or something we're 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 talking about something a little different right in this case spiritual is about connection and uh, we've developed a model of spiritual emotional intelligence that has three domains that each person lives in there's a, a domain of the whole world around you that could also include a higher power, whatever that definition of a higher power is for you. Sure. Another domain is the people that are close around you, the people that you work with, your family, the person at the grocery store, even the people that are driving you nuts on the freeway. Right. That's that domain. Yep. But then I think the starting point domain is this awareness, which is connection right. with yourself. Yeah. So yeah. that you are self-aware, you're connected to who you are. So those kind of go hand in hand. I've kind of likened that, and I've used this example for people that, you know, this is really about positioning, right? Uh, In the sense that those three areas you mentioned, they position us for the things that we want to do, want to be, want to achieve. Mm -hmm. uh, And 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 a, a lot of it relates to the alignment of those. And I know that's that's something we would talk about um, here and and beyond. I would also reference for you guys out there in the audience uh, for our podcast that we did with Lynette Vave uh, that really unwraps the spiritual emotional intelligence piece. So you can look at it in our archives. Um, so Jeff, uh, today we're talking about awareness in, in in specific to that SEQ model. Why is it important? I mean, we kind of talked about positioning. I did, and and you've mentioned some some of those things as far as the beginning points and all of that. Can you unwrap that a little bit more about its importance? Well, being self aware is going to allow you to make choices based on who you really are. Mm-hmm. What what is at the core of you? If you're self aware and you understand, you know what you stand for, what you really want from life, uh, what you want with the people or want for the people around you, right? that's the importance of self-awareness. And then that is going to help you guide your decisions. Like you mentioned the guy that busts out in the meeting. He made a decision. He might not have thought it through, but he yeah. actually made a decision that wasn't a benefit to anybody. In, this, in, in your example, if he would have been self-aware and understood that he was getting angry, he could make a decision as, okay, I'm, I might ask some questions. Why, why are you going down this line? Or... He might have decided it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Let's just move on. So you can make decisions that are going to get you a result instead of just a response. So can I throw you a curveball? Okay. So is this awareness a one-time shot 
meaning you get yourself aware and then you're done? Or is it a daily thing you've kind of <laughs> got to keep working on? Well, Eric, I know from my life, it's a minute-by-minute minute thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm in your tribe. <laughs> all right. But when you become aware of self-awareness, sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, it becomes easier. But it's something that you really need to be aware of. And it's not something that I think you have to constantly dwell on and think about. Mm-hmm. But you need to get into the practice of, okay, I'm coming into a situation where I really need to step back and be aware of what's happening. And that's some of these questions that we're going to get to in a minute. Yeah, We've talked about it before. It's a practice. I almost liken it uh, for the audience out there, and I'm speaking only for my personal life, is that when I get up in the morning, that's where I begin to kind of set my table, if you will, evaluating what's most important to me, praying, just getting myself ready for a day that more than likely is going to throw a lot of stuff that I'm expecting and is going to throw a lot of stuff I'm not expecting. And for me, if I don't do that, I'm less able and I'm going to have a less successful day at tackling the things that I need to tackle. And that's an everyday thing. And I will tell you in the beginning when I started doing it, it was really, really tough. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to do it, especially after the first few days. But as I kept to it, and when I look at my life now, now it's it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, it's hard, but it's now a part of me, and it's simple because I know it's something I need to do, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's not this chore, I guess, for lack of a better way. Uh, but that's me. So, Jeff, is that kind of where we're going with it? Yeah. What you describe for yourself is a good thing for everybody to do, whatever works for you. Some people might meditate. Some people mm-hmm. might do it when they're taking a morning walk or whatever, but it's it's that starting point. If you yeah. start the day like that, when these situations come up, when that self-awareness really needs to kick in, you've already got that established in your thought process for the day. And I won't speak for anyone else on this, but you know, I've used this analogy before in some of our past episodes about the movie Forrest Gump. And uh, they're in the jungles of Vietnam, and it's very, very quiet as they're marching. And then all of a sudden, all these tracer bullets start flying. And the movie was so vivid in showing what it looks like to see all those red things just coming at. That, to me, is kind of how life is. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and if you're not prepared or you don't work on being prepared, and no guarantees it's going to be a perfect day, more than likely you're going to get hit. Right. So anyway, that's, that's kind of my, uh, my, 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 my great analogy around that. So let's look at some questions okay. um, that can help someone develop uh, this self-awareness because we really want you guys out there in the audience to be able to take some tangible, actionable things uh, away from today's episode. So the first question, and I'll let you tackle this one, Jeff, just go ahead. I mean, what, okay. what's maybe the first question we ask? What am I feeling and what else? Uh, first, I'd like to say these questions come from Six Seconds, which we're a preferred partner of. Yes. Six Seconds is a, a worldwide company that does emotional intelligence work. And they just have some great resources, so why reinvent the wheel? So what am I feeling and what else? So that's the first step. What are the emotions I'm feeling? What's happening around me? And the what else is, like Eric just said about thinking, doing that today, when you're doing that self-awareness check-in, what are the things that I'm going to, I know I'm going to be confronted with? I might have a meeting with someone that normally doesn't go well. It could be anything like that, okay? Mm-hmm. I took my car to the shop, and they made it worse 
instead of better. So I know I'm going to have to confront the car dealership. That's the what else. What, what do you know you're going to, to face that day? Uh, and how about the second question? What's happening physically? Sometimes people forget that you're a whole being and you can't separate things out. Emotions are going to trigger things in your body. Actually, that's what emotions are. Uh, we've talked about it before. When, when you're confronted with something, you're going to feel an emotion, and that is actually chemicals that go through your body. So if you're feeling tight or you have butterflies in your stomach, what is that telling me? Is there something in that information that my body is telling me that I need to know about being self-aware? You, know, you are confronting something that you hate doing. So you might get that tightness in your, your gut that's telling you, I'm a little bit fearful about what is going to happen in the, in the next whatever. It could be you have a really good, joyful feeling and you're just, your body is just ready to go. Do you know what that is? Identifying. Identifying that. that. We, we, only, we tend to think of emotions have only given us information about bad things. The emotions give us information about something good happen around you. So we don't always pay attention to it. So uh, I'm thinking in in light of, especially on the positive side, because you're right, I know there's a lot of information out there about, you know, if someone's feeling tightness in their, in their, you know, upper back, that could be a sign of, you know, of anxiety, fear or whatever. But the positive side too, I kind of liken that Jeff to, is it maybe my emotions are giving me a signal that, you know, my best version of myself is showing up here and, and it's letting me know you need to do more of this. Keep doing this. I've, I've mentioned our dog Winnie and I've also, we've, yeah. got, we've got kids too. Think about when you're watching a kid or a dog play, they're being their best self and you can see that in their body, how they're acting, the energy they have, uh, the look on their face. Pay attention to that. This awareness is is there to help you, not just make you feel bad. And it could potentially clear out some fog for someone who maybe is not sure whether a certain endeavor or a certain relationship is mm-hmm. good for them because their emotions are sending some signals through the physical. Is that right. kind of what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. We We have all these tools built into us. We just need to learn them. So the third one is is really interesting uh, to me. Am I thinking of this emotion as an enemy or an ally? That's pretty intriguing. <laughs> the only way that you can really answer that question is how well do you understand what emotions are for? We, we just kind of touched on it. Emotions are there to give you information. They're giving you data. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at it different ways. You know, it's like the, the, the gauges on the dash of your car. By themselves, they don't mean anything until you look at them and see what they say. And emotions are the same way. So it is an ally. If you look at it as an enemy, you're missing the boat on what emotions are there for. So let's unwrap just uh, briefly the the idea around uh, the enemy side of the equation and how that impacts our decision-making. Because we've all heard it, you know, at times uh, in our culture, this idea that emotions can be construed as, you know, kind of as a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a man, you know, you're not supposed to, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be that touchy feely, you, you ought to be toughen up, you know, it's, you know, just get over it type thing. So could that potentially lead to someone seeing emotions as an enemy? Yeah, because emotions are going to 
give you the physical feelings mm-hmm. that can be unpleasant, yep. which is that's their way of getting your attention. But the emotions are also going to make you get out of the data-driven decision. These are the facts and figures, but how do I feel about those facts and figures? Uh, it, and it could be any part of your life, even relationships. The, you know, I, I'm in relationship with a person, whatever that relationship is, and here's the facts and figures. Okay, I like this about them. I don't like that about them. So does the what I like outweigh what I don't like, or is it the other way around? And so that's how you decide whether you're going to continue it rather than how does that person make me feel, whether it's a, a personal relationship, a work relationship, how is that person making me feel? Mm-hmm. And if you don't go that next step to understand that maybe what – I don't like is so much overshadowed by what I do like, you'll miss the boat with that person. Right. Because data is, um, is there for us for a really, really good reason, right? Mm-hmm. To help us make a good decision about what we're going to do. I sometimes think that we get into these places where we see that first section of data, right? And then if it's not what we wanted or if it doesn't make us happy, we have a tendency to want to go the other way. But really, it's there to kind of give us the information we need to, to determine what we do to go forward, right? Exactly. So let's look at the fourth question. Okay. Go ahead. I'll let you run with that one. If this emotion is trying to help me, what is it telling me? So if you, if you do look at emotions as, a, as an ally, what is that emotion telling you? Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about it a little bit already. But take the time to examine it. It could be something very subtle in this emotion, or it could be something very out there. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take the time to actually look at what it is, you're not going to use it to make a good decision. Would it be important to use that as a reference point back in time a little bit too? So if, if you're in that place where that emotion is back in front of you again, mm-hmm. to be able to go, okay, in the last 30, 60 days, when I felt this emotion, mm-hmm. it has always been, or it more often than not is related to this. Yeah, well, that's our next question. Boy, was that jumping ahead? Oh, boy. I was jumping yeah. ahead. Eric always goes rogue. On me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so let me keep you here, and then okay. we're going to go to that question. Okay. Is that kind of, I mean, is that what we're doing a bit? Yeah. The self-awareness is helping you figure out if, it, if this emotion is telling me the same thing it told me mm-hmm. five years ago when I was right. feeling this emotion. Mm-hmm. With that situation, so is that situation the same, or am I feeling this emotion in a completely different situation that's going to need different decisions? Right. So it could very well mean that you've got some variance from history, mm-hmm. um, but it is informing you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to that next question. <laughs> what happened and what happened before that? Okay. <laughs> Which is what, what Eric was yeah. talking about. When I felt this emotion before, how did I respond? What was the true situation? Did I respond in a, in a way that got the outcome I want? Or did I respond in a way that made it worse? Or did I decide not to respond and just see what happened? And then maybe go back the time before that. Just pay attention. Listen, you know, remember what happened in these other situations. That's, that's extremely good information, and that will also keep you from going down the path of, of neural pathways, where you right. always respond the same way to whatever this is, and that's the same way with an emotion. When I res- have feel this emotion, I always respond this way, no matter what the situation is. So that's the going back in time and understanding that I don't want to develop that pathway that doesn't always fit. And in many respects, then, it gives you the opportunity, that data 
can help you to develop a new neural pathway if, mm-hmm. if what you've been doing is not working as it relates to responding to that emotion, yes, right? Yes, exactly. If you're like me, you can easily listen to what we're talking about and go, oh when am I going to find time to sit down and actually eva- – there's so many things and I've got to do this and i got to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish that I could tell you that there's this magic silver bullet we have that will carve out this time. I think the important thing, and I, and I use this a lot when we talk to clients and potential clients, is if you're willing to practice and put in the work, you will get the results that you really, really want. Eric, you know, we've talked before about the six-second pause. That applies here. If you take that six seconds, the counting to 10, that's going to get you back on that level playing field where you can be self-aware now. And that, that's a big part of that, that mm-hmm. six-second pause is getting to the point where all those chemicals are not ruling my thinking brain. My thinking brain takes back over. So now I can look at all these things that are going on. And six seconds is not very long. That's a few deep breaths. Yeah, and, and that's a great point, Jeff, because what we are not advocating is that at every turn and every decision, you should take a 10-minute meditation break to get yourself right. You can kind of get yourself leveled out in a six-second time frame as you're going through multiple decisions throughout the day. There are going to be some that do require you to say, I got to take some time to process. And it might be a week. It might be a week. It, you know, it could be longer. But some of these daily ones are, are, are ones that if you give yourself six seconds, and think about it when you're in a meeting in a, in a work environment or volunteering or whatever, and someone says, hey, what's your opinion on this? Do you think we should do X? That's six seconds right there. I can give myself six seconds to go, I'm not sure if we should do anything. I'm going to need more time. Or absolutely, I believe that's the right way. But either way, you gave yourself a little bit of time. And that takes what? Six seconds. And takes practice. And thank you. (laughs) Very well said. All right, we're we're to our last question Uh here, Jeff. You want to tackle that one? Now, this is one that the the people at home need to answer. If someone were totally honest with me, how often would they say I react this way? Are people Hmm. recognizing a pattern in how I handle things? When I'm confronting by something or something similar, do I always react the same way? And do I react in a way that makes sense? Or am I just reacting because I'm reacting? The guy that you mentioned it kind of in the earlier in the podcast, you know, if if Larry always busts out like that, they're going to notice. Or if Larry always does like you did, he takes a few seconds and gives a reasoned response. It could be like you said, I'm not really sure I need more time. That is an acceptable response. So do people see you do it? That's really, really powerful, Jeff. And I think about in my own uh, past, I remember my relationship with my, my dad was, uh, was not a good one. And I hadn't been married for very long, uh, maybe three years at that point. And I remember my wife telling me, every time your dad's around, you're different. Mm. Your body language is different. It's, it's much more tense. And it wasn't like I would consciously be that way. It wasn't like, okay, here comes my dad, time to get tense and and whatever. But it was manifested, and she could see it. And I never forget the feeling of that someone could see it. 
I knew I was feeling it. I knew she was right. I knew I and I did. But the fact that she could, it took a long time, but it was one of those things that got me on a path of like, I needed to write that ship, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's to be sure, whether it's a deep relationship with a, with a loved one or if it's just you're in that meeting and it's a normal weekly meeting and what are you going to do? Your tendency might be to just blurt out whatever you feel, but maybe awareness, the self-awareness is what we could latch on to to kind of go, yeah, you may feel that, but that doesn't necessarily mean now it, that's the right decision. So, Jeff, any closing thoughts as uh, we come to uh, toward the end here? The things we talk about at the very basic basis are pretty simple. It's just developing the habits so that you can make the correct decisions with your emotions. This awareness is part of it. You know, the other things we've talked about. A good way to help is, and I want to make sure this is said the right way, is have a time of reflection at the end of the day. Mm. Or a time of reflection after you've had an interaction where you needed to, to work on this. Like we talked about before with perfection, don't beat yourself up. You're just doing that to gather information. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great point, Jeff. And and I would say, audience, uh, and, unless you're in the process of working on Middle East peace, you probably have time to give a few minutes of reflection. <laughs> if you are working on Middle East peace right now, I'm going to say you might get a little bit of a pass, but most of us are not in that role. So you can take time to reflect. We're not involved in something so unbelievably important in a consistent way. I mean, I know we all have fires that come up that require laser focused attention, but in most days there is time of the day that you can carve out to do that. And that's a great, that's a great piece of uh, advice. Look at that time as an investment. And it is. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great, Jeff. Exactly. And there will be a return on that investment. Well, that brings us to the close of this episode. Really enjoyed it. And Jeff, as always, great to see you. And we'll Bye. see you guys next time. Take care. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So. Yes. How do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. 
close. Okay, all but, right, but, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.